Welcome to the Level Up Life Podcast. I'm your host, Scotty Hobbs, and welcome to this episode. Today, we're gonna have a conversation with Craig Holiday. At the age of 29, he was introduced to a business opportunity by a mentor that he trusted. He a construction company. He went on to build a team of 80,000 people and earning over a million dollars a year within three years. He has lived his life consulting and ministering to men across the world. Craig, welcome to the show. Scotty Hobbs, one of my favorite coaches in the whole world, buddy. And you're you're in Idaho still, right? Yeah, we're still right here in Idaho Falls. Idaho Falls, yeah. that's right. I remember being oh. there with you, man. I remember trying to get you to stand up and speak, and you wouldn't say oh. anything. And look at you now, man. You're a <laughs> podcast guy. I, I know. Remember you like shaking. I don't want to talk. I you got to get up, Scotty. Get up there, man. You can do it, bud. You know, I forgot about that first time that you had me do that. I remember I had a piece of paper with a transformation photo on the back of it. Yeah. That I was going to share about why I loved what I was doing. And I forgot to even turn the picture. Like <laughs> I had my notes on the pictures and I forgot to even show the picture. No, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Scotty, watching your growth, you know, I follow you and stuff with your family and your kids. And I couldn't be more proud if you're my own son, man. I'm serious, buddy. And I know you've had ups and downs in life like we all do. But man, oh, man, just to stay that stay that course, you know? Yeah. Well, thank it's you. Just, I appreciate that. And I appreciate your text. Like once I got opted into your text messages, I always love seeing those come in. Yeah. Every day. I got a bunch of guys on that and you know, they appreciate it and stuff. It's just trying to reach out every day to, you know, men that I love. And that's, you know, it's my passion. I've really moved more towards ministry and working with men. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I had that ministry for a long time, fathers and son reconciliation and stuff. So that's just really, I mean, I, I still do mentoring for certain coaches and people that are, I was just on the phone with a, Peach body coach the other day that was kind of struggling, you know, her business was making some changes and stuff. So I try to be available for that, but you know, it's just really, my heart's just, you know, I'm on the last quarter, bud. on the last yeah. quarter, I just, I just turned 73 last week and I just know God wants me to, to continue to get the word out, you know, as long as I'm still here. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You're still doing that. Yeah. Without yeah serving in whatever capacity you feel. Yeah, it's my heart. That's where my heart's at. You know, it's always been, even in the business when I was building it, you know, my purpose was always to find people who who never believed enough in themselves and just believe in them and try to lift them up and realize that the image that they were, that God made them in. And if they can accept that and understand it, then they're going to excel in everything they do. Yeah. You know, I love that. Well, I, I can, uh, I can say that you, you doing that for me is a testament of what you're sharing right there. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. So I just want to express my gratitude. You were, you were someone, as I started my business, I was, you know, just a, a kid from Idaho Falls, Idaho with, you know, no, no real big examples of uh, another style, another way of living life. And, uh, you know, I feel fortunate that Alethea connected uh, you with us yep. and our local team. Uh, I'm forever grateful for that. And yeah. I remember... Um, I don't know if you know this, but I never had done personal development as I started my business. And you, you know, I, I didn't have a smartphone. I was working those 12 hour days and I downloaded um, Think and Grow Rich, Millionaire Next Door and Craig Holiday's 90 Days of Excellence onto my MP3 player phone oh, and listened wow. to it over 60 times my first year. So Unbelievable. in my life, you're right up there with Napoleon Hill Whoa. and those guys for me. <laughs> in, in yeah. what you did for me and my, my belief. So that's why I'm so grateful that you're here today. Thank you, brother. Yeah. And, and I'm just grateful that we get to have this conversation. So uh, for those people, you know, a lot of my people I worked with know who you are. 
I share with them that 90 days of excellence series that you did for us back in the day, but tell us, tell, tell us more about like who's Craig holiday and, yeah. and what do you do? Well, you know, I got, I started uh, in the, in the industry in 1979. And at that time I, I was uh, working, I had a construction company and I worked as a police officer. So I was doing both of those things. And then a, a guy who had been a, really a mentor in my life, uh, Dan Robinson, he was kind of led me to Christ when I was 16 years old. So he was an influence in my life. So he came over one night and sat down and showed me an opportunity, you know, and I got excited about it. And I think I got excited about it because I had always believed that that my purpose in life, you know, was was to find people and, and to have an impact, to be an impact player. You know, I grew up in a really bad home, I, you know, abuse, and my mom was an alcoholic for a lot of years. And. I spent too many years saying, why me? You know, just why me? Why me? Until one day, I think I was, after I found the Lord, I was 16 years old. And I, was, I remember I was down at the beach by myself sitting there. And, and this came to mind. I just said, why not me? Instead of why me, it was why not me? And that day changed my life because I realized that no matter where you came from, that if you take your past and if you, if you, you know, the strength, and the, but the power of it comes from the, even the pain and the hurt. And if you can take that and turn it around, that you can use that to bless the lives of other people. Because, you know, once I became successful, I, you know, I, my third year in, in the business industry, I was making a million dollars a year. I was 32 years old. And, you know, I was living on top of the world. It was, it was wonderful. But the biggest thing was that, that I realized that my purpose was life change for people. You know, and it was always my motto was always building was it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about others. And I found that in, you know, a lot of people face it, rejection, being in network marketing and the struggle of all those things. But every, I tell people, if, you, if it wasn't about you, then it didn't matter. If somebody said no, that's not about you, right? It's about them. And so I kind of built my business around that. And then I really focused on building leadership, you know, finding men, especially men. You know, a lot of couples were in our business and building as a team. But I really loved working with men because I just believe that. Most men are, 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 you know, they have this thing inside of them. They're fighters. They want to win in some place in life. You know, I think the greatest bond that people make are in military, athletic field, even in law enforcement, you know, where you got to depend on somebody because it could be your life. And so men have this, this innate desire inside of them for greatness. But if they don't find a way to, to, to accomplish that, they begin to just live in the past. They live in, in all the sorrow of their life. And then it turns to alcoholism, you know, all the bad things. But you give them a chance to win, you know, give them a chance to say, hey, you can change your life. You can make a difference. You know, you can, you can, you can, doesn't matter where you came from, it's where we're going. So I spent, you know, I spent, four, uh, <coughs> pardon me, I spent 30 years building that. I had 80,000 people on my team. And, but I tell people what was fascinating about the 80,000 people that were built on my team. I had 25 men that, that would die for each other, right? Yeah. You know, my sponsor, I remember when he shared the business with me, he said, you got to find six men that would cut out the right arm for you, but you got to cut them both off for them. And when I started building those kind of relationships, those men just built loyalty. And then they, they found their own purpose and their own passion and their own desire, just like you did. And once they found that and a place to go, then they realized that, you know, the, the sky's the limit. I can accomplish whatever I want. So my focus was always on life change. It wasn't on, you know, you know, I, I taught the ins and outs of the business, how to build. But the biggest thing was building generational leadership, you know, digging deep and finding those men that you called out because people want to be called out. And so, you know, I spent 30 years doing that. 
I, I ended up kind of walking away from that business. And then I, I, I took a consulting business, you know, I, I did with, I work with you guys and because I, I had the desire, I understood how to build a business. And I found these companies, a lot of them were just product focused. Like when I first went into to Beachbody, you guys were working out and everybody knew how to do that. And P90X was crazy. And, but I said, but how do you build a team? How do you find people and embed that passion in their lives and stuff? So I found that, that it worked, right? So, you know, I started seeing the success and having that opportunity. So that's what I did for the, uh, probably the next 10 years was just working. To, I worked with Beachbody. I worked with a company called Secret. I worked for a couple of years with a company called Sunrider. It was all the same thing. It was the people right. in the field that didn't understand how to build a team, how to, how to, how to change the hearts of people. And so yeah. that's what, you know, that's, that's what I spent my time doing. And then, you know, I kind of came up here and kind of semi-retired. I mean, I love being on stage. I love speaking because I felt like I could impact a large group. But I like what Maxwell says when Maxwell says, you know, you want to grow, you train the masses. You want to exponentially grow, you train leaders. And so that's always been my focus. And that's, that's what I really continue to do even now. I love that. So you're in your 70s now as you're sharing with me. Yeah, no real retirement. Other, I mean, because <laughs> you love what you do in in right. to find some leaders to build and and serve right. in your, your ministry. Right. That's yeah, that's you know, and that's that's my heart and that's my passion. And I always believed. I never looked at my Amway business as a business. I looked at it as a ministry because I believe they coincide. You know, God picks each of us to work in certain areas of our lives, and each one of those is an opportunity for life change, an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of people. So it was always at the intersection of ministry and business together, always. And that's always the way I looked at it. And I believe, hey, if, if God called me here and this is where I, I'm supposed to be, I know I'm not going to fail, right? Because I'm just going to pursue and do the things that I believed I needed to do to succeed. You know, it's funny, Scotty, the first book I ever read when I got into network marketing was a book called The Master Plan of Evangelism. Okay. And it's a book by Robert Coleman. And it was a life-changing book for me because the whole book is about Jesus and his disciples. And the, basically the book said that he came for the world, but he came to train 12. And then it talks about, and you saw, as you read the book, I saw how he dealt with this person, how he dealt with that person, the kind of listener he was. You know, I've always said that listening is more profound than anything we'll ever say, right? It's just to be able to listen. And I watched the way I read it, the way he worked with the people and the things he said and the way he listened and the way he loved for people. And, and then just the plan he had to take those 12, because he knew I had three and a half years. And after three and a half years, I'm gone, right? Yeah. So I need to embed in these people the same love that I have, and the same love for people and the same love for God. And he was able to do that. So I have to read that book. I go, this is what I got to do. I got to find my 12, right? And then I got to spend my life, you know, sharing with the masses, you know, speaking on stage, thousands of people. But yet I got to find those 12 that know me inside out, that I can be accountable to. You know, I used to bring my leaders together once a year and I'd, I'd put a whiteboard up and I'd say, okay, y'all are wide open. Tell me how I need to change. Tell me the things about my life that you see because I know you love me and I love you. Speak truth into my life. And they, would, they were honest guys and they would, I'd write stuff down. And I just told them, I promise you, I'll work on these things. I'll make the change. And when they see that humility as a leader and they, and they know that that's what your, where your heart's at, then that gets duplicated in their lives. And that's, that was, you know, that, that, that was always the thing that really, you know, I had my Rhino team, right? I had that Rhino yeah. Renegade series I put together with the Rhino team with these guys that they would get together and they were just, they were just life transformers. 
And that led to 80,000 people from those, tw- those 12 to eventually 25. And they were just people that, that walked alongside of me, just like in the book of the master plan events of 24 hours, just living with them, seeing how the strengths, seeing the things they did, duplicating those in their own lives. And that's, you know, that's the thing that, that I think helped my business succeed. I love that. I'm I'm taking mental notes here. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this and and see. Like I've I I I believe a lot in Jesus's ministry and 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 I follow uh, try to follow one of my church leaders. We'll just put it like this: um, as I was starting my business, is a CEO of a network marketing business. Um, uh, unfortunately, he passed away in a, in a plane accident with uh, his um, with majority of the males in their family. But one of the things I remember uh, him telling me is like, you know, to build your business, like just follow the scriptures, do what, do what Jesus does. He has his 12 apostles, you know, and he has that, that leadership and, you know, shares a message and, you know, every answer you'll need. He wasn't a big believer in personal development books as much as I am, but he's like, all you need is the scripture, like follow what is taught in the scripture and you'll be able to build your life and your team. So it was kind of cool to hear you say that that book taught you very similar principles. Oh my gosh. I just read a quote by Dallas Willard, the book I'm reading. My son sent me for my birthday. And he says in the book, he says, if of all your problems in life, um, if you want them solved, become an apprentice of Jesus. And I thought that was such a great quote because you study, you study the scriptures in this book. And that's why all my guys, I gave that book out to so many different people because it's just watched, Watch the way he, you know, watch the techniques that he used on people. Because none of our people, we can train the same. Everybody's got a different heart. Everybody has different skills. And as leaders, we think we can just teach everybody the same thing. But when you embrace those people and you now know them inside and out, then you can speak truth in their life. And they'll accept that truth because of the respect they have for you because you live that life. You've been that person, not just talking about it, right? Yeah. You know, interesting fact, I have a, a mentor I've been working with lately that's 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 won my heart, as you could say, like you're you're sharing. And mm-hmm. it's really pushing me into the next level. I mean, many of the many thing, things that we're seeing right now, you know, running doing a podcast for the first time and changing my messaging on social media, where you know, my my purpose and mission on on my social media is, you know, helping people understand the important that their family is their most important work on earth. And to become the best human possible, um, and and I focus on God-based family relationships. That's kind yeah. of what messaging is, and so she's kind of helped me, you know, lean into that area. Um, mm. but, but more importantly, her gaining the tr- my trust and my heart. She's really called me out on things where I've needed to grow mm. in my business in. You know, I, I feel fortunate for the, the team and the business that we've grown, but just between me and you and people that might be watching this, like I've very much been a lone ranger. Like, I, I care deeply about people, but it's like all people right. where I don't let too many people in close, mm-hmm. very close to me. And I am someone who naturally, I'm naturally very introverted. And so like as a kid, I would, you know, throw pitches in my backyard and I didn't need to see anybody. I would play my guitar in my room. I wouldn't need to see anybody. So I found myself in my business, uh, even though we were seeing success, you know, just locking myself in my room and working, but not connecting like I need to. And so she's been that person for me too. That's like, you need people and this is where you need to change, you know? And, and so it's, that's awesome. been a powerful thing for me. So I'm excited, you know, that I have a mentor like that in my life, mm-hmm. challenging mm-hmm. me to that next level. You know, it's amazing. I think about, 
when I first got in the business, it was really hard for me because I was a fixer, right? I want to fix people's lives. And part of it was because my mom was an alcoholic. She drank for 30 years. She's living a destructive life. And I, as her son, I wanted to fix her all the time. You know, yeah. I always wanted, to, mom, you got to change. You got to change. And so I realized, and this was a lot of therapy I ended up going through to find this out. But when I got in the business, I wanted to fix everybody's life, right? And I'm trying to throw out, you know, I'm trying to throw out good stuff to everybody, but realizing that some people just don't hear it, right? Yeah. And I remember when I, when I used to speak on stage, I would speak stuff that was kind of deep and truthful. And a lot of times it was spirit Christian oriented stuff, but it didn't say that, right? But it was there. And then I realized a lot of the people out there, they don't have the ears to hear. They're not going to hear that message. But then there's always that person who'll come up to you afterwards and say, you know what, Craig, I got what you said. I heard what you said. Yeah. Bingo, right? That's the person. And so I find man, it took me a long time in the business to realize I can't fix people's lives. They got to make a choice. And it yeah. was hard as leaders. You know, we face that all the time as leaders. You, you know, there's people on your team that you love and you want to see grow and change. But until they make that decision, you know, and they become authentic and they're willing to be honest with themselves in their own life until they come to that point, nothing's going to change. Yeah. You know, nothing's going to change. And so that, that became real frustrating. I had to get over that. And some of the mentors I had really helped me get through that, but it, it, that's a struggle. That's a big part when people get in because that rejection of, you know, gosh, darn, I remember <laughs> this is crazy. I remember writing letters, right. And, and when people would quit my business, I'd write a big long letter to them and then I'd meet them for lunch and then I try to talk them into being back in the business. And I tell people all that did was cost me hundreds of dollars in lunches over the, the first year. And it didn't make any difference at all. Right. I, yeah. I couldn't get them back. And so I finally had to come to God. You got the people. I know they're out there. Those that want to hear, those that want to hear are going to hear. And those that don't, no big deal. It's, it's not yeah. about you. Right. And then being faithful in your mission and your ministry and trusting that as you put in the work, did your your activities, your work that you know that you know you need to do, that God would help align the right people for you, right? Man, Absolutely. I, re I relate to you so much. Like one of my biggest things I, I talk with my leaders, we meet every Wednesday on nice. Zoom, is just talking to them through some of the mistakes that I made early on. Mm -hmm. Like I remember hosting a retreat in St. George at our vacation rental. We had our house in a neighbor's house. So I had about 50 people there. And I had three people on my team that had earned over a million in their business multiple elite coaches awesome. and but but the lesson that i was teaching them was that i found that i had these incredible leaders there but also anybody from the team that that wanted to come they had the option to pay in income and some earned it but i found that i spent probably 80 percent of my time in the garage trying to help the kid that was out there smoking a cigarette all day mm. uh, saying that he was going to get in his car and leave like he was anxious he didn't feel part and i was that saver. I didn't want, I was a people I and I, I wait, I, I don't want to say wasted because I felt like I did give value to his life in some way, but I, I had these incredible leaders there that I did yeah. sit on the couch with and talk about their next level of their life and, and their next level of impact. So that was a huge <laughs> lesson for me too, is finding those 12 and, and making sure that I'm working hard with those people. Yeah. It, and it, it's a, you know, and the kind of heart you have, Scotty, I just seen it through the years as I watched you and I know you love people and you want to see, you want to see their lives change and grow and marriages get better and be better dads and all those kinds of things. And it's so hard because, you know, you put the words out there and you just want everybody to respond, you know, and, yeah. and then, you know, but you, but you also have to have boundaries, right? We have to have boundaries. And, you know, that that's a hard part of the business is when to say no. 
And yes. sometimes no can be every bit as strong as a yes. And you can be a yes guy. Hey, you need my help? Yeah, you need my help. Even people that haven't earned it, in a sense. You know, I remember I remember wanting to get time with, with one of the – a guy came in to speak. He was a diamond. I, I wasn't a diamond yet in Amway, and he came in to speak. And I said, hey, can I get time with you? And he goes, when you earn it. And I walked away saying, yeah, what kind of guy is he? He doesn't care, right? There's a thousand people at the meeting. Can I get time with you? Yeah, when you earn it. But for me, that was what I needed, right? Because I was competitive. Okay, that's fine. All right. Just, you know, get a big lunch, sit in the bushes and watch. I'm on my way, right? Because that he, he probably it. knew he probably knew what to say to me, right? Because he knew that I, I had that kind of drive and stuff. So, yeah. So it's, again, it's what you say at certain times. And I, I think I just posted something the other day on Instagram to talk about a good coach knows when to poke, when to stroke, and when to leave alone. You know, and I think about in sports and, and those kinds of things, but I think about even in the business, who do you poke? You know, those people are, you can drive them. You can say, what's wrong with you, man? Get your butt out there and do something. Then you got those that, Hey, Brad, I love you, man. I believe in you. And those you just leave alone because they don't need it. They're gone. They can, they can drive, you know, they're self drivers and stuff, but you got to learn as a coach. And that's why every individual is different that you coach. Yeah. I think that might be one of the most challenging things is we love people, but every single person is different on what motivates them, what drives them, absolutely, them emotionally. So, it's uh, it's definitely a it's a it's a lifelong mission. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely. you were you were talking about how you speak to an audience, right, and and hope that everybody cap- catches some sort of wisdom, some por- sort of advice. But there's that person out there in the audience that just gets it, that gets right. that deep message that you want to share. I have to share with you. We were on a, a cruise, a reward trip, and you were speaking at that trip. And I don't think I've ever told you this before, but you were on that stage and you like looked across the audience and you're like, there's people in this audience that are going to build the biggest businesses in Beachbody and become millionaires. And I felt like you looked right at me. And so you were that person. That was in, for me. That was in Atlantis, right? Atlantis. It wasn't. Yeah. In Atlantis. Yeah. That was where it was yeah. my first success yep. club trip. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a powerful moment for me where you breathe that belief even though I wasn't that one working so much one-on-one yet with you, like I, I was able to do with Alethea and uh, later on. So mm-hmm. thank you. You you have always done incredible at what you do. Uh, one of the things before I ask the next question that, that um, I was thinking about, I was I had a, a shower right before I, I got on this Zoom call with you today. And I was thinking about the time when you were telling the story about you know, you'd built your business and you were holding, your son was swaddled up and you got to just sit at home and hold him. And I, I only had three daughters at the time. And that became a, like that, you just sharing that story became a dream for me, mm. you know? And I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to do that. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, it was just a few months after or a year after I made this my full-time job where I left my job that my first son was born. And I remember just sitting there and like, this was you one of the dream and now I'm living it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's the thing you speak, you know, you put those things out there and you know, cause you know, I'll be honest with you. There weren't many times I've spoken through the years and I've spoken to thousands and 30,000 that I ever really prepared that much. I would just pray and I'd say, God, yeah. I don't even know where I'm going with when I go out here, but I'm I just pray that you give me words and I'd share things you know, and, you know, they'd, they'd be respond to them, but then people would come up and they'd say, you know, you said this certain thing. I hardly remember saying it. Right. Yeah. But they said that thing right there, just like the, the, the clothes and holding the little, little baby. I mean, 
you know, you share those things because God says, hey, share this, right? And then Scotty Hobbs goes, that's, that's me. I'm going to do it, right? Yeah. So you never, your words are never wasted. And, you know, they're never wasted. And that's why I think, it, it, you know, the older you get, the hope, you hope you gain wisdom, right? You know, the Bible says it talks about people with gray hair or white hair have wisdom, right? So you hope you do. And when you do, I think, you, you know, you talk less. But the, your words that you come out that come out hopefully are, are more impactful than just jabber, right? Yeah. And that's what I pray for every time. If I'm on a, somebody's podcast or whatever, God, just give me some words that will make a difference for someone that listens to this, because there's somebody out there that needs to hear. Hey, I believe in you, man. Yeah. You know, I you can change your life. You can do whatever you want to do, and I believe that. I believe that. And I was I was in Vegas speaking for uh, God, I can't remember his name. Uh, he was a diamond in Vegas in, in or a, a coach in, in, uh, in beach body, but and I was there speaking for him. And I, this woman came up to me afterwards and, and for some reason, I just, God said, just encourage her. And she came up to me and kind of had tears in her eyes. And I said, yeah, I just want you to know, I believe in you. And I know, I don't even know who you are, but I know God's gifted you with some things that are talented. You can make a difference in the lives of people. I just want you to know that today. And I gave her a hug and she left and I got a, I think it was a text a while later. And it just said, Craig, I want you to know I'm 40 years old and no one in my life has ever said those words to me. And I thought, wow, what was that? Would it take me like a minute and a half or two minutes to just in, embrace her and say those things? But yeah. you don't know, you know, you just know people out there, most people that, you know, a lot of times are hurting and you never know it. And you, your words can make the difference. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. You made me a little emotional thinking about that. Yeah, it was something. You know, I started, um, you know, shifting my message on social media. And I kind of talked to you about that of, I'm just encouraging people to have godly marriages, relationships, you know, there's just so much negativity in the world all, all around. Um, and, and I'm finding that people are sharing those reels, those messages, because it, it makes them feel good and they want to share it because it makes other people feel good. And so I, I can see my notifications, like shows, like who shared your reel, I can look at it. So for the past month, every single person that shared a rail, I send them a message and I'm just like, Hey, I know you don't know me. I just want to say thank you for send like sharing that message, um, on your, you know, on your Instagram, um, mm -hmm. stories. I want you to know that I believe that you're capable of accomplishing anything that you want in your life. And then I just say like, where are you from? And just the conversation, some are in India, some in Japan, Australia, wow. US, Canada, and it's like I've just it just feels so good to do that. Mm. Uh, and there's no real agenda behind it. Like, obviously, you know, I don't have I can't do a business with body, at least in mm. those countries. But it just mm. feels so good helping somebody believe in themselves. Like Maybe like you said, no one's ever said, like, you can do that or you you have what it takes. Mm -hmm. So that brings me so much joy just doing that. And I even saw, um, you know, I I belong to a, a certain religion and and someone saw that, that, that I'm the same religion as them. And they had not gone since they were nine years old. And she's like, you know what? I should go back. And I was like, you should go. And and mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, maybe I should. And I was like, do you know where to go? And I helped her find, like looked at like where it was at. And I was like, they meet at 9.00 AM. Will you go this Sunday? And she went and she's like, thank you so much. Like, That's I, great. Yeah. She's in her forties. Yeah. And I was like, it just you never know. Felt incredible. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're a messenger of hope. I mean, that's, that's what your life is. That's what God's called you to be. And, you know, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's in person with your own family, you know, we have to constantly be a messenger of hope. And when you are, it draws people to you, right? 
and you know it's not to gain a following but it's it's to, it's to uh, to be an impact player in the hearts of people and that's you know and that's you know that's really what you are i mean you know you're a you're a body coach and you've had your success and you've made lots of money but ultimately deep down in your heart of hearts you're a messenger of hope and that's what god's called you to do because we're not taking anything with us right yeah. <laughs> you know there's no brinks truck behind the hearse you know it's just going to be you but what have you left you know what what imprints have you left on the hearts of people and that's i you know i think man especially in the business that we've been in or that you're in and doing now and the one i've spent my life with it's just i knew that was what i had to be in order to have success in order to create a following in order to to to, to move up in rank or whatever it was yeah you know that if, if you embrace that that god was going to do it because you know we we sow the seed but we never we never harvest the seed we just yeah. sow the seed I love that. Now, speaking of that, the business model that you and I are in and networking, network marketing, um, I have a question for you just because you have years of experience. You've consulted other uh, distributors and other companies outside of the one that you built. What What is the common misunderstanding about that profession that you've seen? Well, I, you know, it's, <laughs> the biggest thing is people think, you know, you're using people, right? I'm going to get someone, I'm going to use them. And I, you know, I, that, that you make people feel uncomfortable. And a lot of it has to do with what we're, how we build and the, and the way we build our business. But I think there's a, a strong misconception. I mean, if, you know, part of it is when people get in and they fail, they're not going to say, well, you know, because I remember when you first get in the business, you're like my, my the cop partner, I'm talking to him about the business. You know, I'm so fired up and stuff. And you realize that, man, I either got to succeed or I've got to move out of the state because I'm telling all these people, right? So yeah. I think a big part of it is when people quit, if they don't have an excuse for what, why they left, they, they're not going to say, you know, I'm a quitter. You know, I quit. I just wasn't willing to pay the price and do the things it took. They've got to come up with a reason. So you see it online. You see it when they talk about scams and all that stuff. People are just coming up with a reason that they can live with looking in the mirror, the fact that they weren't willing to do the stuff it took. So it was never the business. It was always the people. Yeah. Right. So I think the biggest misconception is, is the voice of the people that failed, the people that would, you know, wouldn't succeed, the ones that wouldn't do it. And don't get me wrong. There's been companies that, that were bad companies. They weren't good. They didn't have good leadership. Right. But for the most part, it's just everybody hears a voice from failure. And that's, and that's what they base their business on, you know, and then they think, oh, there's only a few that ever make a lot of money. Well, that's not true. We know that. I mean, I started at nothing. Right. I passed people that have been in the business a lot longer than I had. So, yeah. you know, that was never true. So I think the misconception is just a lack of understanding. I, I always said, Scotty, if you know what I know, you're in. If you know what I and understand what I know, you're in. No question about yeah. it. I used to say that when I was doing a presentation. If you know what I know, you're in this business because of what it offers you and what the opportunity is. But people need to get the knowledge and understanding of what it truly is. And I think if somebody will sit down with somebody like you or me and spend enough time really listening and understanding that their whole idea will change. But, yeah. you know, that I think that's where it comes from. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing that. I, I yeah. think there's there's also just as you were sharing, I think there's you know, there will be people in any business, whether it's in a network marketing business or some other um, business model where someone could be uh, too pushy or standoffish. Um, like for example, I, I've probably invited five people locally to join my team from the local gym that I meet face to face, take them to lunch. And like, I tell them straightforward. I'm like, 
Like, I know this will benefit your life. Let's sit down and talk about it. But I want you to know if you feel like this is not for me, like I'm not going to be weird about it. We're still going to fist bump when we get to the gym. We're still going to throw some reps down together. Yeah. If, If it's for you, if it is, if it's not, it's not. But I can't go without not sharing it with you from what I've learned from it. And then, well, and that's great. I mean, you, you think about people's greatest fear, you know, people's greatest fear is rejection. I mean, that's more of a fear than death, right? For people is facing rejection. Well, when you get in the business, we just set you up for that, right? <laughs> we set you up for that. I mean, you're going to get rejection and you try to tell the people that, but a lot of it has to do with how big's your dream. It comes back to the dream. That dream has to be so strong and so powerful that nothing else matters around you. Right. And, and if somebody doesn't have that in that desire and that, you know, whether it be for a bigger house, whether it be for the, to, to hold your kids in your arm and be home and not be a, a working dad, whatever it is, if that dream isn't powerful. And that's why we tell stories. Right. I think telling your story, telling the stories of people's life, stories change lives. Knowledge doesn't. You know, the comp plan doesn't change lives. What changes it? The stories of, of, of people saying, you too. I thought I was the only one. Yeah. Right. You too. I thought I was the only one because when people feel that and understand that there's hope, there's hope. And then, you know, and your life gets to be that. And you, and you never know with the guys in the gym, man, because believe me, I always knew I planted seeds, right? When I walk yeah. out the door, I would always just grab the doorknob and in the back of my mind, I'd say, Lord, whether they ever get in my business or not, help change your life, help them to see the, 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 the strength of who they are and the image of God created them. In, and I'd walk out the door. And if they got in, great. If they didn't, no way. But I just knew that we were truth speakers, right? We were giving them truths about their life. And if they would, you know, uh, grab them and, and absorb them and change, great. If they didn't, there's nothing that wasn't that. That's not our responsibility. We're sowing the seed. We're not harvesting, right? Yep. So thanks for sharing that. You So, Craig, you've been ever since we were 16, right? When you were first introduced to the business and, and this guy came into your life. Well, no, he, oh. that was my mentor at 16. He right. was my total mentor, especially spiritually. And then I was 29 when, when he came back and showed me the, the business. Okay. And that's the same person, right? That, yeah. So that's just like you were just sharing. That's he planted a seed in you, you know, with no agenda other than helping you improve your life, see right. what you were capable of. And that, that seed was harvested later as you became a part of his team. Obviously it right. wasn't his agenda, but he was just there to serve and guide you. And you had built that he had gotten into your heart. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And he was, he was really a guy cause I never really had a father in my life ever. So he became that like a father and he was older than me. We'd go hunting, we'd do all kinds of crazy. And, you know, so the minute he said, I want to, I want to sit down and share something. I was wide open. Right. I'm going to yeah. listen. I don't know if I'm going to get involved, but because of who he was in my life, you know, I was willing to listen. And then, you know, to know that I could still work with him in a business that, and so it was his life and my life together and him as a mentor and the accountability that he was and the authenticity of his life that really attracted me to, to get involved. I love that. So as you started your business, um, you know, you kind of, you mentioned that you would write, if someone wanted, was like going to quit, you would write them a letter, take them to lunch. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What, what were some of like the hard, what, or what was a really hard challenge that you had to overcome in business, whether it was in the first year or later on in your life, what, what's a hard challenge that you had to overcome? Well, I think if I go back to when I first got in the business from the business side, it was that whole idea of trying to 
I wanted to be responsible for changing people's lives. I wanted to take that responsibility on. And it was exhausting. I mean, it would just, it would kill me. I mean, it would really kill me. If I had somebody I'd worked with and, you know, I, I felt like it had an impact and we started to make movement forward and all of a sudden they were just gone or something. And then, or, you know, I had a guy who was one of my, he was the best recruiter, the greatest guy, but he was, he drank. And so every time, and, and he, he would get out, he would stop drinking. And then every time he would, um, he would get close to success, he'd sabotage his life and he'd go in and drink. And he was one of my closest friends in the world. He ended up hanging himself and committed suicide. And I had to speak at his funeral with his two beautiful sons sitting in front of me. Broke my heart, killed me because he just, that, that, that disease destroyed his life. But it was always, people sabotage their life because if they, all of a sudden they have a chance to have what they see as something that they never deserved. And they shouldn't deserve. And maybe because it, it's he drank. And so that was kind of a sin of his life that was perpetuating this thinking. He sabotaged his life. And I saw people in my business do that. And I, they did it on purpose, right? Because they just didn't want the success. They didn't want people looking at them and, and, and following them. So I, I think the thing that was one of the hardest things for me was just getting past that. And it took a while, man. It really did. And, and I wasn't good at it. You know, my wife at the time, she was just she saw how it destroyed me, you know, and she said, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. You know, it was hard for me, really hard. But the therapist told me, he said, you, if you could fix one person, then that was the accomplishment because you could never fix your mom. You were never able to fix your mom and get her to quit drinking. She finally did on her own, but you couldn't do it. So now if you can get one person and, and get them to stop this, whatever's going on, then you had success and now you won. And so I realized that was what it was. It was a whole emotional thing wrapped up in my relationship with my mom and my past. Yeah. Wow. You know, I, I listened to you tell that story. I, I started my business at 29 as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just made me, I, I think I really got emotional just listening. Like you said, stories are powerful. Mm -hmm. um, my best friend, I don't have any brothers. My best friend was my cousin. He was like a little brother to me. And, you know, I would, I would do everything I could to try to get him to come work out with me, go ride bikes with me. I'd, I, we'd go camping and hunting and I would like, I would like do a little cardio workout and invite him to do it with me. I'd make him a shake, like doing everything I possibly could. And, you know, unfortunately he drank himself to death and, you know, died at the age of 38, just a few years ago. And I, I think that was a really hard challenge for me too, is because I'm, I'm out here trying to save everybody absolutely and i'm like my very closest person that knows more secrets about me than my parents or my wife or anybody yeah i couldn't, I couldn't it help did, it, it didn't, didn't come work. out yeah so how'd that how'd that make you feel you know i felt i felt guilty for a while like i like not not guilty but just like man what what could i have done different what could i have like how could i have approached him differently? Did I encourage some behaviors? You know, just like all of the questions, right? So it, it's just one of those things where it just reminds me of like how how valuable this life is, like make, like seeing him lose his life at that age and just the importance of just trying your best to be that example to other people versus trying to force or tell somebody to change what they need to change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've been in the business long enough and I, and I have for sure that I, we have a lot of those stories, but you're yeah. unfortunate. You know, you could tell a lot of them through the years and they break your heart. They break your heart. But, and I don't think you ever become callous with it. You don't ever get to a point where it doesn't bother you anymore. Right. Like when I was a cop, it didn't matter. 
how many times I saw someone who had died or whatever happened, it, it never, I mean, it never felt callous. It always hurt, right? It was painful. And so, you know, I think even through the years, as much as I grew and became successful and hopefully matured as a leader, still always bothered me, still hurt. Yeah. That's part of being human, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. God's given us those feelings and, you know, guys like you and me, we, we feel deep too. And I know, and it's just, it's a difference. Some people, they can brush it off a little more people like me and you, we, we feel it. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it pretty deep. So yeah, I know you do. Well, what's let's get on. Let's get on a little uh, brighter uh, question here. What's what's been the favorite part of your what's been the favorite part of your career? I guess, you know, it's it's I remember when I when I first started speaking on stage, I would see people sitting in the very back row. Right. In fact, the first event I ever went to was in Portland, Oregon. I sat as high as I could. Right. I mean, I had these shoes on that had holes in the bottom. And I sat as high as I could. And I watched this person on stage speaking. And I thought, God, I got to be on that stage. I want to be there so badly. But I found as 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 I got older and, and my greatest accomplishments were I wanted to be the guy in the back now and see my leaders on stage. Right. I always wanted to, I always felt like eventually I want to be sitting back there looking up on that stage and watching people's lives and, and watching them share. So I think my greatest accomplishments were seeing those people and to see what they had accomplished and the things they did, because maybe I had a small part in it. But the, the greatest blessing we have, Scotty, is we sit down with people day one and we see the condition of their life and we see the struggles they're going through and we see the the bad mistakes they've made. And, and we sit with them at that time and we become that hope to them. But then we see them grow and we see them change and we see, you know, whether it be financially or whatever, but more than that, the people they become. And we got a chance to watch that from like harvest that right from an egg to the to the hatching of it. And so I think the greatest thing was I would sit on stage. I would sit up there and I'd watch my leaders on stage speak. And I know the people in the audience are thinking that can't be true. But see, we got to see it. And that was our blessing. Right. We got to see it. And I think I just think of a couple stories of of. of certain people that in a trailer park, a guy I met on the road and a trucker and lived in a trailer park with six kids. And I went to his house and he, he just, it was, he was so broken. He ended up building this huge business. And I saw his wife on stage with, with the beautiful gown on and he, he had his tuxedo on and his kids were standing next to him. And he's sharing a story about me meeting him on the side of the road. And I know these people think this guy made this up. This can't be true, you know, but I knew because guess what? I was there. I got yeah. that blessing of watching. So my greatest, my greatest achievements in the business is, you know, is, I mean, I've been to the, probably the top resorts in the world. I've been on private yachts. I've had all that, all the cars. But my greatest thing was to sit, sit in that audience and sit in the back row now and, and see our leaders move up and, and to know that you had a part of that from day one. And those stories, you, you got to be intertwined in the life of those people. That was always the greatest thing. I think that's a huge piece of wisdom for anyone that wants to build a business is going back to what you've said a few times on here. It's not about you, about the people that you have impacted and seeing the changes mm -hmm. that they make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, oh, it's just, you celebrate with them. It's a celebration, you know, of their life because you know, everybody's got a song inside of them, right? Everybody has a song inside of them that they're going to sing. And so many people go to the grave with it still without even ever singing it. Right. And if you can help them, create the lyrics and, and, and live that out. And, you know, those people on stage that, that were leaders in the odd or that were out there sharing their life, that was their song. They were singing it now. And, you yeah. know, in the beginning it was so drowned and so pushed down and so 
you know, subdued that, that you didn't think it would ever happen. And then you watch them up there. Yeah. That's, I still, you know, there'll be times I'm, I'm, I'm hiking up in the mountains with my dog and I'm just, all of a sudden somebody will come to mind, right. Of, of, of a life that was changed. I start smiling because I just remember, and even to this day, you know, I see a lot of those people and, and uh, on Facebook and stuff. And so just to know you, yeah, that's, that's always been the greatest accomplishment. Not that, not, I mean, my house, I live in a 15,000 square foot house, right. In, in California, $5 million home and all that stuff. And it was great, but man, it was just, it was, it was those people's lives, the trucker on the side of the road that just had a dream that maybe someday he could change his life. And that's the real legacy. The thing that gets mm-hmm. left behind, because not only did you see him change his life, but he went on and impacted thousands of people as well, mm-hmm. which is generational. Yeah, absolutely. Their kids and, and on to their kids. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so majority of people watching this podcast, they, they're either like wanting to, to live their life, like be elite level athletes, or they want to build a business, be an entrepreneur. Um, and you've lived your, almost your entire life like that. Uh, you know, even prior to your network marketing business, you were, had a construction business on top of being a police officer. So what advice would you give to somebody who's interested in starting their own business? I think the biggest thing is, is, First, you got to find someone that can lead, right? I mean, we want to start a business. I don't care what business it is. I've got to find someone that was willing to reach down and and be a part of it. So I think looking for that is huge. You know, you got to have the desire first. You got to, in a sense, understand the price it's going to pay. You're going to have to pay for it. But other than that is there's got to be, you know, the other day I posted something about um, somebody asked me, what's the biggest mistake people make um, that become successful? And I said, because they walk away from mentorship, right? Because they think, oh man, that guy helped me. He's been great and all that. Here I am. I've made it. Well, we never make it, right? There's always got to be someone that you're reaching up for help and you turn around and reach down. And so you've got to find that in the field or the, the person that you can follow that, that's, you know, that's accountable, a person that uh, is authentic and whatever field it is, that's the start. And so I think, you know, whoever you get in business with, you know, or whether it's a business on yourself, who who's willing to to be able to to help guide me? You know, it's like it's like I know in the Special Olympics, you've got the blind kids on the sprints, you've got a coach facing them, running backwards, yelling their name, and all they can do because they're blind is just follow that coach. And you've got to find that person that'll face you and let you follow and guide. So I think that's the biggest thing. And then it's just you know, there's, it's just the desire to be able to be your own person. You know, desire to make the decisions. There's a lot of people that were made to be employees. I mean, that they don't want to be a manager. They don't want to lead people. And I get that. But if you're that person that's always said, I know some way, someday I'm going to do something great with my life, like you and I were or are, someday, some way, I'm, if you've been that person and it's just inside of you and, and every night you go to sleep, you think about it. Every morning you, you wake up, you think about it. Then you've got to reach out and be willing to ask for help. See, you were talking about being a loner, right? You know, I'm, I'm kind of doing it on my own. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't dislike people, but I'm going to do my own thing. And that loner, if you're that person, you, you've got to, it takes a big swallow and, you know, and go, I'm going to ask for help. I need help. So I think if you're thinking about starting anything, get some help, get someone who's, who's there or someone who's been there and someone to reach out to them. I don't care what it takes to do it. You, you know, you need to do it. Yeah. And I think, um, a lot of times there might be a misconception that someone that is successful, that's built a successful business or company, that they're too busy. But what I've often found is as I connect with other business owners, um, 
you know, whether they're locally or online, they're like the most willing people to give advice and re mm -hmm. and, and help other people. Mm -hmm. And, and so those people are out there. You just have to be willing to look for them and ask for that help. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think with a network being in um, network marketing, I think a lot of people are afraid you're always trying to recruit them, right? You're yes. always going to try to get them right. But there's people out there like you and I, if you want help or information or whatever, reach out. I mean, I'm not trying to recruit you. You're not trying to recruit them. You know, if, yeah. if, if your life and what you've accomplished is attractive to them, great. Let's talk about it. You know, so I think there's a fear out there for some people that, especially if I'm going to get in this kind of industry, God, I'm going to have people driving me crazy. No, there's always that person who cares enough to just listen. If, you know, if they want to take the next step, great. If you don't, no big deal. They're not there to try to get you. Yeah. I love that. I was uh, I was chatting with uh, the guy you mentioned before. His name's Nate. So he's the former NFL player. Yeah. I, I love it. He's got this mission to just – he had people in his life that just poured into him when he needed it, when he lost his dad. And so he's that for these young kids. And he, he knows how to connect people to D1 colleges and he's got connections in the NFL. And Cool. And so, so he's on this mission. He's like, there's just so much raw talent here in Southeast Idaho, but no one really knows how to develop that talent. And I'm here to do that. And so even today after my workout, we were chatting, we sat for an hour in the back of the gym and I'm like, okay, this is, he was asking me questions. I'm like, this is what I do. Like, this is what I do on my Instagram. This is how I meet new people. And I like showed him how to connect with other, you know, people who are posting in Southeast Idaho so he can expand it. And, it, and, and like you said, there's no real, I'm not doing that because I want Nate to join me as a body partner. Like I want, him, I want him doing his mission and I want Absolutely. to, I want to be his friend because he's someone that's, you know, ambitious, driven, goal oriented, family valued that I can just be friends with and we can push each other in our respective fields. Right. Absolutely. And I think that the, we, the thing we talked about earlier about what is the misconception of the business is everybody thinks everybody's after you're after everybody. You're going to, you're just trying to get everybody right. And that's not yeah. true. Because I always realize that, first of all, I'm not going to get everybody. Second of all, there's only those that have been chosen. I'm just going to find the chosen ones, right? And so it's never been, and even when I first got started, I mean, I was excited about the business and stuff, but I realized that, hey, if somebody wants to get in, great. If they didn't, and it wasn't, again, it wasn't about me. It was about them. So, but I think there is a misconception that, oh my God, here they come. Look out. They're going to talk about body and, you know, and Scotty's only working out here at the club because he's trying to attract people so he can sponsor them. You know, it's just... I mean, it's out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you, we'll, we'll wrap up here shortly, but I want to ask you what hardship in your life taught you the most? Oh man, I went through a divorce and I was married 33 years and I went through a terrible divorce. And I think it was that it was just because of the failure of that. Right. And what it felt like. You know, because I never imagined that happening and I never expected that to happen. And I had three children and they were older. I mean, it wasn't, they were 25, was my oldest son and 23 and 22 or 21. So it wasn't like they were young, but, you know, unbelievable. Unfortunately, it was a, a hard lesson to learn, but I, I realized that, um, you know, that as strong as I was as a leader and as strong as my self-esteem was, I went through a really bad time you know, really hard time. But I think it was, I went to therapy and counseling and a lot of prayer with pastors and stuff. And it got me through it. But I think realizing that, that hope, you know, is hang on, hope, hang on, you know, pain ends. That word hope, hang on, pain ends. 
And so I had to get through that. And it was a really hard time. Charlie, go lay down. Sorry, it's my dog here. No, you're okay. Um, in fact, I remember, you ever read, did you read the book, The Shack? I read it, but it's been years. Yeah. But anyway, the author of The Shack and the story is amazing of his life and stuff. But I remember just watching that and, and that it was kind of a reconciliation and a, a forgiveness. And so I had to forgive myself, you know, forgive myself for getting divorced, forgive myself for things that happened and those kinds of things. So I think the, the, the hardest thing was feeling failure, feeling like I'd messed up, but also feeling the whole idea of God's forgiveness, you know, and having to hold on to it like I never had to before. You know, I never had to be that, that focused on the forgiveness of God, yeah. you know? And so I think the pain of that was just, but anyway, I was going to say the shack after, after reading the book, I wrote a letter to the guy saying, I'd love to get together with you and talk to you um, sometime. And I think it probably, I wrote that in just a real emotional time. And I said, I went through it. I'm going through a divorce and I'm at the lowest point of my life and all this stuff. And I sent it to him and, you know, never heard back from him, never heard back from him. So it was my birthday. It was 60th birthday. I was by myself living in this apartment and um, my phone rings and I pick up my phone and it's the author of the shack. And he called me and he says, Craig, he goes, I got this. This gets me emotional. He goes, I got this email two years ago and I read it at the time, but it came up again on my, on my, uh, on my email today. And I felt like I needed to call you. And it was unbelievable. I was just breaking down, but it was, it was a God moment for me. And he talked about forgiveness because his book's about that. He talked about forgiveness and, you know, God, God died for you and, and you are forgiven and, no matter what's happened in the past, you can be forgiven and you can, you know, you're not a bad person. You can still be a leader. You can still do those things. So, I mean, by far, that was my, that was my toughest time and learning what forgiveness really was, but embracing it because it's there for us, for each of us, but we have yeah. to embrace it and own it. Yes. And I think there's so many people out there that need to hear that. Even yeah. hearing this right now, like you, you're not a bad person. We all, we've all made mistakes, every single one yeah. of us. Yeah. And you're not alone in it. And, and, yeah. you know, that's the whole purpose of Jesus Christ coming to this earth is to give you that, that freedom, from that pain. So, and so many men struggle with it and they really do. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I read something once that if, if, if people could forgive themselves, it would eliminate about 70% of the beds in hospitals wow. because a lot of that is just psychological pain and, and the lack of forgiveness and stuff. Yeah. And so, and it also made me more forgiving. Yeah. Right. And more gr understanding, more grace, because so it's, it's easy to, as you become successful to maybe judge and this, but I think through, through understanding the power of forgiveness is also being able to be, become a forgiver. That's a, that's a big gift that that gave you. Yeah. You know, I remember, yeah. you know, I've, I've made mistakes in my life, just like everybody else. And I remember just one time, even walking through the hallway at the school carnival, elementary school with my kid and just feeling like, even though they weren't, Feeling like every person was looking at me or me looking at every other person being like that person probably wouldn't have made that same mistake I did. That person would probably never yeah. do what I did. Feeling right. like I was the only one right. in the world, but with forgiveness, you know, yeah. I mean, don't even ever feel like that ever anymore. I know. So it's a powerful, I know. it's a powerful gift. Well, especially when you're you spent your life on stage and you've been at all these people know you and they know your story and your life and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden they have that failure 
is just tough, man, because it's not, you live in a glass house. It's not like you're a truck driver out there on the road. No one knows who you are, you know? So, but again, it's going back. And I think, again, the greatest lesson was understanding God's forgiveness, but then being able to forgive more and understand the power of that. That's beautiful. Well, I want to wrap this up, Craig, just asking you one really last question. Like, what are you most, what are you most proud of? Oh boy. <laughs> and there could be, there could be a few. Well, I guess my kids, man, I got these yeah. most amazing kids. My, my, my youngest son, you know, he sold, he built a business, a uh, uh, hundred million dollar business in four years with a in synthetic rings, the Cato rings. That was his company. He sold that. And, and he's just a guy. He's just unbelievable. He's, you know, he mentors, he's a passionate, loves the Lord. He, he speaks in front of so many groups. He's such an influencer. My older son, the same thing. My daughter, she was a pastor or a pastor of outreach at a church for a long time. Now she's just raising her three kids. So I'd have to say my children, you know, my children are just, God bless me, man. And he really has. And, and they're just, they, all three of them are just, they're madly in love with the Lord and they, they married fantastic people and stuff. So I would have to say that would be my, my great accomplishment, greatest accomplishment. That's beautiful. You know, and, and, People watching this are like, I'm here to learn about business and and how to be an entrepreneur and all those steps. But I think that's so powerful to hear because I think as we're building businesses, building, you know, our lives that, you know, as men having these big dreams of what we want to accomplish or provide for our families, that you can get so caught up in. I mean, it would be easy for you to say, I was so proud of myself to come from the situation I did you know, with alcoholism in the family to building this team of 80,000 people. Like I'm so proud of are, are making a million dollars a year at year four. Like that's, I think what people like that want to build a business. They're like, that's right here. Yeah. I want that huge right. team. I want that million dollars or whatever it is, yeah. but I love hearing the wisdom from you of no, what I'm most proud of is the, what my children have done and, and who they are. And I can tell you that that comes from, that stems from your example. They've seen, they've seen you, you know, become, become a person. Well, they're entrepreneurs. That's for sure. They all have their own businesses and run and done phenomenal with that. But, you know, I think part of it is, you know, we're, we're to bless our children, right? That's what God's told us, you know, because you either bless them or they're cursed and the curse is seven generations. So coming from where I came from, I would have never been able to do that. Right. I never would have had the skills or the authenticity or the passion for, uh, for for God and the relationship I had with him. I would have never had that if I hadn't changed. And so I realized that my my greatest blessing was that I was able to bless their life. And I was the dad that, that did that. You know, Gary Smalley's book, The Blessing, I don't know if you've read it, but phenomenal book. But he talks about the five blessings that we give our children. We speak into their life, you know, and all those things. And it's like, I would have never known that. So the business really was the uh, personal development, if you will, or the men I was around that taught me the, what the priorities were so that I could now bless and not curse my kids. And yeah. so I think that it was, it was me being able to overcome that. Because I remember when my first son was born, um, I just remember, you know, because I, 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 mean, I never had a dad. I don't know what, it, what you're supposed to be like to be a dad. I don't know how to be a dad, right? So I, I get him. He's wrapped in this blue blanket. And I, I take him and I go in the other room with him. And I, I put him on the, I set him on the couch and I go, God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know. I don't know how to be a dad. I don't know how to raise this boy to be a man and successful and, and, and a God loving man. And, 
it just it, it wasn't audible, but it almost was. God, I, I just heard God say, "We got this. We got this." And yeah. that at that at that moment, man, I needed that, you know. And because of the people I was around, and because of the influence they were in my life, especially with God in my heart, I was able to do that. And that 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 that's the greatest. That's the greatest. That's beautiful. Well, Craig, I am I'm so grateful for this time that we got to spend together. And I love it, buddy. I appreciate I, you even thinking of me, man. Yeah, you're you're one of the top on my list. No, well, thank you. Um, and brother. I was like, I was so happy when when you reached back out to me and, and said that you'd be on here. Uh, and I just want to thank you once again for all right. My life is so beautiful because you were that person that uh, helped me believe in myself. And uh, just through you living your life and, and growing and showing where you came from to where you got, I saw that and I said, why not me? Mm, like, good. why not me? And All so right. I'm grateful for that. And, and it's an honor. Well, you keep living that dash, buddy. You keep living that dash the way you are, because I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of your family. And God just keeps blessing you. And just uh, stay focused on that. Understand that, man. Thank you for joining us on this incredible episode with Craig Holiday, and we hope that you enjoyed the content that we shared with you today and invite you to send this to some friends. We'll see you next time, and don't forget that your leveled up life is just a few decisions away.